0: This is Deadly Choices Radio, a show dedicated to discussing and educating all health matters and making deadly choices. Health from our mob to our mob for all our mob. All the latest DC news and events. Good health for all our mob. This is Deadly Choices Radio. Hey, you mob, broadcast with you for Deadly Choices Radio. Before we kick it off with this jam-packed episode, I'd like to start with acknowledging our elders, past and present. I'd like to acknowledge the country I'm broadcasting from today and the country you are listening from. So let's get into Deadly Choices Radio. I have Grayson Morgan from our YBB Deadly Choices team to yarn about tobacco health. I'm also joined by one of our Deadly Choices ambassadors, Tyrone Roberts, to yarn about the All-Stars game over the weekend and the NRL season coming up. Plus, I still have some great content from the Murray vs Korea event, I got to interview some deadly young athletes, catch up with community and yarn with stakeholders. So, let's put the spotlight on tobacco health. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples are almost three times more likely to smoke compared to non-Indigenous Australians. Since funding programs in 2010, these numbers have been successfully reduced, however this is still a major health problem within our community. Tobacco is the leading cause of early death and poor health for our mob. So we'll unpack this with Grayson after this short break. Real life perspectives from our mob to our mob. Welcome to the show, Grayson. Do you want to introduce yourself and in your role of Deadly Choices?
1: Uh, uh, my name is Grayson Morgan. I am from North Stradbroke, Island and also have connections to the Tweed Heads. Um, so my mom from North Straddick is the New Knuckle tribe, um, I'm man. I am the team leader of the Yuli Buruba region, so that's out in the Bayside, servicing um, all of Redlands, Wynnum, the Bay Islands.
0: Yeah, nice. Um, so we have you on here today to talk about tobacco health. Um, so first, what programs does DC offer around tobacco and taking those steps to quit
1: Um, So in our schools, so we have two different versions. So we have like the school um, education programs and then we have sort of our like community uh, way of doing it. So that's like running a tobacco store and having more like the visual effects for the community to see. So in our schools, we have what we call the senior uh, tobacco education, which is like the high school students um, where we talk about the effects of tobacco, like the original plant, Um, how it was introduced to the mob and the people, how we used it back in the day to how we use it now, Um, whether it be like a social thing or like emotional sort of support that people need it for like an emotional reason.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, And then we have a junior program, which is more interactive. So we have uh, little snippets, I guess you can call them, um, where we have a few of the DC workers and a few of the ambassadors So we do a little cartoon um, and there's episodes there we can watch it and the young students get educated and an interactive version where they go through little games and sort of scenarios where they have to answer questions to get to the next level of the program.
0: Yeah, nice. So what steps can mob take um, to quit and what obstacles may they face?
1: Um the steps they can take so they can access their local AMS or so uh, Aboriginal Aboriginal Medical Service. Um and they can speak to the health workers there or the tobacco champions. Um and they can provide them with the NRTs, so it's like the nicotine replacement therapies. Um and they start their journey there or they can come see the D C workers while we're doing the tobacco store at the clinics. Um, you know, talk to us if they're not you know, if they're too ashamed to talk to like the medical staff can you know, it is kind of confronting talking to someone within the clinic where, you know, you see us at the front. Um, we try to generally bring, like, a good vibe, and like, positive sort of vibe that we have there. Um, so it's a lot easier to speak to us and then we sort of have that um, stepping stone into the clinic. So we can even sit there with them and they're, they're too ashamed to go and buy themselves. We sort of, like, break down that barrier where we're walking in and it's like, you know, or sort of start them on their journey. And it's good for them too, so we bring their community engagement into it.
2: Yes. But um,
1: barriers, oh, like I said, you know, it's uh, that shame factor or, you know, sort of looking into someone's personal life of how they or why they smoke and why they use um that tobacco. Yeah,
0: okay. And I guess what steps can mob take to get over these barriers,
1: um, steps they can take. So, they get, when they access the AMS, um, they go on a plan to like quit referral. And pretty much what they do to overcome it is they check in with the clinic, and you know, they go through their steps, um, whether it be phone calls or in person, and they start their journey in um, trying to overcome it. So. And there can be setbacks where someone, you know, they can fail, well, five, six times, but then they can succeed on the seventh time. So it's all about, you know, keeping up that um, rhythm of keep trying, you know, and just not letting it knock you down.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a good point to make as well. And another question I have is do you continue to support these clients, I guess, if, you know, they do fail once, you support them through until they succeed?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Even when they succeed as well, we always do check in on them because, um, you know, you know, it might take someone one time to do it where then it also may take someone 10 times to do it. You know, each person's journey is going to be different to the next. Um, even when they're going through it, you know, they could go through into a midway and they have a setback and then they're going to start all over again. You know, some people, when that happens, they do give up and, you know, you've just got to be that sort of supportive person there, sort of almost like that big brother type, and just feel, you know, it's all right that you failed, you know, just because you failed now, doesn't mean you're going to fail the next time. And if you do, it's okay, because, you know, no one's perfect in getting this right the first time. Um, so you just keep checking in with them. And then people that, you know, stayed off the cigarettes and smoking for like 12 months, we still check in with them yeah. to see how they're going.
0: Yeah, nice. I think um, having that support and knowing that that support is there for people is so important. Um, And also, like you said earlier, kind of implementing it um, with the younger generation as well. And I guess this is something that we do to prevent, and that's where the preventative health comes in, and we prevent them from making these decisions and kind of show them what is out there for them if they do find the urge. Yeah. I guess as well, what should MOB be aware of around tobacco impacts on health?
1: Um. Having the impacts like you know it doesn't just affect themselves in like personally, it also affects you know the people around them, so you know they could have you know we call it secondhand and third hand smoke. So you know just because you're smoking doesn't mean it's just affecting you. It's also affecting you know your mob around you in many ways. like it affects their health as well, sort of their view of you. Um, so like, when it comes to secondhand smoke, that's like if someone's smoking and they breathe it out and the person next to them breathes it in you know they're breathing in all those bad chemicals as well so it's also affecting them and it's especially like you know it's real harmful to the younger generation cuz you know they're still developing their lungs developing who they are and then when it comes to our elders you know it affects them cuz you know their health isn't as good as it once was so it's affecting them in the way of you know can be aiding and then getting a chronic disease or affecting their respiratory systems,
0: like the breathing. Yeah. And I think that's so important to acknowledge as well. And for mob to be aware of is that even though it is a individual action, it has uh, several effects on the surrounding people as well. And I think that's something that kind of gets kind of passed off or people don't understand the extent of how much this can impact other people. Um, but, you know, you touched on it earlier as well. But why are mob more likely to take up smoking? You mentioned the um, emotional attachment. What um, factors are there?
1: Um, So, you know, take up for, like, Manny read, like, well, I the emotional, like, um, you look at when people smoke and you look at, you know, when they smoke or what they smoke, what do they do after the dozen does to smoke. And it could be, like, you know, their stress levels, you know, they say they smoke because... When they smoke, it releases a chemical in their brain, like dopamine, so it makes them happy. So they think, well, if I'm stressed out, if I smoke, I'm going to get that feeling of being happy. So they're going to want to keep smoking to be happy. And another one is, you know, after they eat food, people do it. Like you ask, you know, when's a weird time does someone smoke? And, you know, after they eat food or another one is after they go for a run because they're feeling happier and they want to keep that feeling going. Because so then they had that cigarette, you know, they feel good, or you know, they fit in socially as well. They see their friends doing it, they see their family doing it. And, you know, you call them, they're doing it only on weekends, and you know, when they go out partying. So you call them like those Friday nighters, but so they only smoke when they go out partying and socialising.
0: Yeah, definitely very interesting, and I think um it's important to come down to that conclusion on why individuals have this issue as well, and why some people take it up. But if you want to remind mob as well your services and how they can go uh, get your support um, before you head off.
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, does anyone in the Bayside region, in the Yulbarbar region, come into your local AMS, which is located at Kapalabar, Winom in North Strati, Um, you'll see the DC staff there. Um, just ask to speak to one of us. And if you're... Looking to quit smoking, um, we can definitely get you guys into the clinic, speaking to the tobacco champions. We can even give you a little bit of education on, you know, the training that we've gone through on, you know, what effects cigarettes have on the body, or what they're doing to you either mentally or physically, or you know, just even financially, how much it affects you as well. And it's not just affecting you; like the mob needs to know it's affecting, you know, your families and your friends around you as well. So yeah, definitely, if they want to come in, and say hello to us. Have a yarn about you know tobacco, and if they want to quit, um, we're definitely here to help them.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much for your time here on Deadly Choices Radio, Grayson. Before you go, what is your deadly choice?
1: Oh, my deadly choice is being physically active, um, and actually, you know, not just physically, but you know, also like emotionally, um, mentally. Definitely, definitely being mentally fit um, and healthy. Um, so, you know, drinking lots of water, playing a lot of sport and sort of just keeping it in connection, you know, with my friends and family and also checking in on them.
0: Yeah, nice. It's a good one. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Grayson, and we'll catch you next time.
1: Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much.
0: Your
3: DC
1: clinic. From the tip of the Torres Strait to the border of the Bunjalung people
0: in Koolangatta. Taroon, welcome back to Deadly Choices Radio. First, how's your New Year and Christmas?
3: Ah. Uh, it was pretty quiet, um, just chilled out spent a lot of family time. Uh, we ended up going to Newcastle to see the in-laws and spend time with the kids there.
0: Oh, nice. I can't believe it's, um, we're in February already. The year's going so fast. Um, Did you start the year with a New Year's resolution?
3: Uh, I didn't, I didn't have a, a New Year's resolution, but, um, yeah, I just sort of wanted to plan to eat healthy and, you know, um do physical activity on a regular basis to be consistent with that.
0: Yeah, nice, nice. Um, we'll get into the big talk for this week. We had the NRL All Stars over the weekend. What a good game that was! And um, what did you think of the game overall?
3: Yeah, I think it was all right. You know, they the last two years they've changed the, the dancing, um, which has been you know exciting to see. Uh, it's not it's not as like more of a war dance anymore like we like we had it before, but. Um, yeah a lot of a lot of players have a, an input and it's good to see like most I think the dancers and all that come from Newcastle see so um, it's good to see them go overseas and represent our people the way they did but um, in talking about the game the game was exciting you know it the last couple of years have been a bit quiet and not much points have been scored and um, the young followers that come on board and uh, really, back their ability when they when they got the opportunity was yeah, it was good to see and you see that, that the points just come you know with our back line and uh, you can see the we had more backs that turned into mid forwards you know Albert Kelly had a he had a blinder you know, yeah, I thought definitely. that he stepped up as a, yeah as a um, lock play ball playing lock and um, yeah, in defence he was just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, it was awesome to see. I think um we have to talk about Selwyn too. I think he's got a hat-trick um, towards the end of the game and he just had an awesome game in the end as well and watching him score that full-length try too was pretty awesome. So I think it's um so great to see the young talent coming through.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, you can see he was a bit nervous at the start. He dropped, dropped two, you know, the one off the troll and the one at the start... Um, but, yeah, you see how um, he's grown up and just brushing aside and then, you know, scored three tries on the back of everything. You know, his confidence just comes through the roof when, he's, when he backs his ability. Um, but, yeah, you see him in space and it's good to see.
0: Yeah, definitely. And how special is this cultural experience for all the players, like, involved from both teams?
3: Yeah, um, when you go, when you first go into camp, um, you know, just to see the boys, is just mad and, you know, you do all the photos, have a good laugh and it doesn't take you long to come together because you know, we, you know being black fellows we would normally mingle and talk about you know, what's happening back home, uh, anything changed and stuff like that, you know. And I think when you first go into camp and you go on that field, there's a circle that we we form and you double you do a you know just a, a fun dance where you just get in the circle, everyone's doing a clap sticks then you just shake a leg, you know, just get the nerves out of the way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's that's the. Let's say you break your sort of your know, your shyness and yeah, you know, get into it, and then it's just game on. And then at the end of the week, you know, you, you enjoy the cultural stuff, the bonding all through the week. And um, at the end of the week, you get to sit back and have and you know, do the stuff you love, which is playing football.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think you're touching on it a bit there. But can you tell us a bit about your own experience playing in the All Stars and what that did mean to you?
3: Oh, it means a lot to me. Um, I was you know, brought up culturally, and you know, whenever I dance, you know, I'm not only representing myself, but I'm representing my people where I come from. And you know, whenever I'm stopping the stopping the ground, and you know, feeling Mother Earth, you know, I get goosebumps. And whenever I'm speaking, you know, out in front of that, um, the war cry, you know, it just, I lose my voice, and it just, yeah, it's you can't really describe the feeling. But when you when you're out there on the field and you're representing your people, it it means a lot because you're not only you know, playing for the game that you love, but you know, all the all the family back home or all, all playing it and enjoying it through you. And at the end of the day, um, you get to go home and you know see your kids and, and talk about how important that week is and you know, how long that game should go on for.
0: Yeah, I think that's so important, everything you just said. And that's something that I spoke about with Tracy last week too, is the... Dances at the start are really the best part of the game to me, I think. Like, they give me goosebumps um, on both dances as well. I saw the women's dance too, and it was just so phenomenal Mm -hmm. to watch. And the goosebumps that you get watching them, it's just amazing.
3: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it's good to see the women, you know, playing them. Like, they played awesome over there. Now, it's unlikely they didn't get the result, but, you know, it just – sets so a platform for all the younger generation, all the girls that are coming through as well. But yeah, like I said, the week is just, it's awesome, you know, and it's just, it creates that voice, you know, all the stuff that's happening, you know, over the over the year, and it just kicks off that voice for our people to, you know, talk about you know, the, the racial stuff or, all the health and all the stuff that's hurting our people, you know, it's sort of that's the the playground that we can use it for and um, how important it is for that game.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think what you said there leads into the NRL season, which isn't too far away. Um, So we'll move on to that. Who are you most excited for in
3: 2023? Um, uh, I think I'm, I'm excited for the Dolphins. You know, I mean, the first, I've just recently retired, so, you know, after playing for a couple of clubs, you just want to start fresh and, now, I think I'm going to follow the, the Dolphins this year and um, I think they had a draw on the weekend.
0: Yeah, they did this against season.
3: the Cowboys. Yeah, and like like the Cowboys, the Cowboys have had no un, uh, unchanged team, no no players come in. And I think the the Cowboys are going to go a long way this season and you know, for the Dolphins to come out and get a hit out against them, it's just to, you know, to see to see how good they went. Um, plus, I know a couple of boys that have come through at North as well that's gone there. Braden McGrady, a couple of and I've seen him play. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the young players come through and, yeah, well, it's, it's, time will tell, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's definitely so exciting to have them and um, the experience as well on their team. Jesse Bromitz was just named as captain recently. Um, so, it's, Pretty decent team they've got there and to have that draw against Cowboys must be a bit of a confidence boost for them to go into the, the NRL season with.
3: Yeah, they've got, they got a lot of experienced players and that's what Wayne brings to the club. So, um, he, he'll use them experienced players to get the best out of young players that are coming through.
0: Yeah, definitely. Did you catch um the Broncos versus Titans game last night?
3: Yeah, I've, I've got a glimpse. i watched most of it. Um, yeah, well... I thought the Broncos were going to go away with it, but then you see at the end of it, um, I think a lot of fatigued players come on the field at the end and a lot of players that come off that were probably going to be in the starting side. So it was good to see the young fellas get a crack at the end of it, but 24-all, I think it was. Yeah, Yeah, another draw. So like I said, it's time will tell with both Broncos and Titans how consistent they're going to be all year.
0: Yeah, definitely. I feel like that was a kind of good feel for what we have in store for the NRL season. Um, The Dolphins, though, have created a whole lot of new excitement too. What do you think they bring to the game and how well do you actually see them going?
3: Um, I think, yeah, with the experienced players they got. I think, I you know, up front, they'll do the job for the backs. And when you got a new team, you know, not, not many people... Oh, it's good because you know you can't really, you don't really, you can't really tell who you're playing against and what they're capable of. So I reckon they, I reckon they go good this year.
0: Yeah, nice. And I guess what are your 2023 predictions? Do you have a top four?
3: Yeah, a I, I top four. I I'm not It's not in order. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I've got the Panthers, Cowboys, um, the Sharks. And it's the Roosters, maybe.
0: Yeah, nice. Yeah, it's a pretty decent top four, I think. That's um what yeah. we might see happen.
3: Like, yeah, like I said, the Cowboys, have got, uh, they've brought no one in and they've got the same team. So yeah, uh, the combination they've got, they've got to bring into the start of the year is going to be awesome.
0: And how well they finished, I think, at the end of last year, really, was just a preview of what we're going to see this yeah. year. So um, I'm keen to watch them.
3: Oh they'll be they're I think they'll be a bit angry from where they ended up, you know. I think they should have been playing very far.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point too. They'll come in with that aggression as well and you know, try and get what they deserve out of the season. Yeah, that's right. Um, we'll move on to D C events. Do you have anything exciting coming up?
3: Yes, yeah, so we've got the launches coming up, so we've got the Broncos launch and the Titans launch, uh, which is coming up soon, but other than that, I've just got the school programs, so DC's programs that are rolling out through um, uh, the Cowan mob down here in the Gold Coast Air Region. Yeah,
0: nice. But yeah, I'm
3: still that, Um and also playing, I'm playing at Burley Bears.
0: Oh, so you made the yeah. club switch too?
3: Yeah, club switch. Um, yeah, I've stayed closer to home. Um, I think after winning two Q Cup premierships down there, I thought I'd just change it up and start fresh and what well, my better way to do that is back home.
0: Yeah, nice Now, we're looking forward to seeing you play this year Tyrone, thank you so much for joining me today on Deadly Choices Radio finally, can you leave us with your deadly choice?
3: So my deadly choice is to eat healthy be proactive in, and consistent through my activity and spend a lot of quality time with my family
0: Yeah, nice, thank you so much for your time today Tyrone Thank you for having me Awesome, thank you.
2: Boy, don't you lose that light in your eyes. You're never too old to love. Never too late to try When somebody needs you Give them all you can give With your living to love and your love
0: From our mob, to our mob. Hey you mob, I've got some more content from the Murray vs. Corey Clash, so take a listen to how the day went. Hey you mob, Brooke Carson here from Deadly Choices, I'm down at the Strutties tent, do you want to introduce yourself?
4: Uh, Michael Rasmussen, the General Manager of Strutties.
0: So do you want to tell us a bit about your partnership with Deadly Choices?
4: Yeah, I mean, we've been Deadly Choices for three years now, been with the Murray Carnival the same amount. Uh, we've recently done a KO, so our partnership's the apparel sponsor and exclusive partnership with DC.
0: And can you talk to us a bit, you did the uniforms here today, John, to talk to us a bit about that?
4: Yeah, I mean we got the opportunity to kit out all the teams as part of our sponsorship, so um, what an opportunity we got to kit out everyone that's playing here today for the event.
0: And your involvement in today's games as well, what does it mean to you guys as a partnership?
4: Oh, I think when you look at Strutty's, you know, our Indigenous involvement's insane. Um, we've both Australia wide. Uh, so yeah, it had meant a lot to be here in the Murray Career event.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Tyrone, how awesome is it to be back here after you had this experience when you're 16 and to finally be back here watching these guys play?
4: Yeah, it was a, back then it was like an awesome experience, you know, just being a, amongst other other kids from different areas and you now to be able to represent your people and where you come from, you know, back then you you sort of you grow up through culture and now, I was I was fortunate enough to do that, and you know, to share my knowledge back then, and just mingle with boys from different towns was just a you know, It was a awesome experience, and you know, And then we had the All Stars. You know, that started that when I was back then, so it sort of led into you know wanting to strive to be in the same All Stars team. So, and I obviously got the opportunity to do that as well.
0: And can you tell us a bit about what it meant to represent your mob when you're 16, and for these guys that are coming out today to play?
4: Yeah, it was awesome for me. You know, I was I was, removed, I was away from home at the at the time, and you know, it sort of brought me back home, and you know, it made me realise why I was away from home doing the, doing the things I you know wanted to do. And um, yeah, like I said, when I when I come to Brisbane and played against the Murrays, it was just basically about representing who you are and where you come from. And you know, it was a credit to my parents who you know drive that into me to you know. Um, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter how far you go or away from home, you know, you know where you, who you are and where you come from. And representing your people on the field, you know, it was just an awesome
0: experience. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Real Life Perspectives, from our mob to our mob. Thanks for listening to Deadly Choices Radio, where we put the spotlight on tobacco. Don't forget, Deadly Choices is all about eating healthy, exercising, checking in on our mob and leading healthy lifestyles for generations to come. Remember, if you or someone you know is wanting to quit smoking, head to our Deadly Choices website, call a local clinic or get onto our Facebook pages today to find your support. I'm your host, Brooke Carson. Thanks for tuning in and I'll be back next week with Steve, the Pearl Runner. Deadly Choices Radio a show encouraging mob to make healthy choices from stop smoking, eating good food, exercising daily and getting a health check for themselves and their family. Featuring Deadly Choices Ambassadors, the Healthy Lifestyle Mob and many more. So tune in to Deadly Choices after 6pm each Wednesday and on demand on AAA Murray Country.